It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, June 13th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is going to talk about some smaller prospects. Yeah, bring it on. We're going to discuss Jaden Perron and Gavin Brindley, as well as some more notes from the scouting combine, and talk about the departure of Valerie Camillo from Comcast Spectacor, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're now on the Sirius XM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, I think a little bit of a, a surprise, Valerie Camillo, uh, they announced that she would be leaving Comcast Spectacor as of July 1st. She's been the president and CEO of Spectacor Sports and Entertainment uh, for the last five or so years, uh, managing the biz dev side, uh, managed the Wells Fargo Center and all the upgrades that they have done there. And, you know, it was a pretty out and vocal part of this new management hiring process. So I think I was a little surprised by this. Me too. I, I thought she did well for herself, represented herself well at the press conference. You know, I'd seen her a couple times during the year uh, going through the press box, so she was visible. Yeah, I have nothing bad to say. I, I Again, you never know what happens, though, when places restructure. You know what I mean? Like, yep. this is corp- corporate stuff that, that just happens all the time, so we're never going to know the reasons, but I thought she did a good job. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, you know, some of the work that had been done at the Wells Fargo Center was really good. I think they were on the right path in terms of building improvements there. And just the level of involvement she's had with, you know, the community and outreach and, you know, being, um, I think, supportive of, of things, even like when the women's hockey uh, organization came and had a weekend there, she was a big presence as part of that. And so, I've appreciated her time there, but again, I guess you're right. You know, change is always afoot in corporate land and uh, best of luck to her in the future. Speaking of looking at toward the future, the NHL combine is part of the process leading up to the NHL draft. Russ, you were there. We talked a lot about it on yesterday's show, more at a high level in terms of, you know, biggest takeaways and what it means for the flyers. So go back and listen if you haven't already. Um, But I want to dig a little bit more into the physical tests from the combine and the results. And if there's anything that stood out to you, Russ, uh, since you were there. A few things. So um, across the board, Cam Allen really excelled. And I always felt he was a good defenseman anyhow, like a first rounder, maybe, you know, towards the end of the first round. You know, now I'm like, yeah, I these are things that I really like. So for Cam Allen. Second in left hand grip, second in right hand grip, third in test duration, which is aerobics, aerobic fitness, long jump, third, standing long jump, bench press sixth, but this was, you know, you do the body weight thing. So 
It's 50% of your body weight. So he was sixth in that. Those were the main, uh, fourth in, fourth in pull-ups. Yeah, those were the main things. Fifth in Wingate, which, you know, again, really, really good across the board. Now, probably the most surprising one, and if you needed some sort of confirmation, like if you were deciding, at least if it were me, am I deciding on Sandine Pelica or um, David Reinbacher? Well, Axel Sandine Pelica was first in bench pressing. Yep. For 50% of his body weight. Now, so for anybody that wanted to write about, hey, he's only 5'11", and hey, maybe he's not as physical, it doesn't matter if he's as physical or not. He's got the strength, and I've seen exactly, him, and I've seen what he can do with the stick as far as defensively. So I think that's something that really um, stood out. I remember talking to Charlie Strammel because I said you did well on the bench press, right? Because I saw something flash up there, and he said, "Yeah," and he did. Strammel did well on the bench press. He did well in a lot of the power areas that you would um, expect him to. So I think his, you know, plight to be the um, Power forward is good. Tom Willander placed in a lot of good things. I think I mentioned him yesterday. Oliver Moore, uh, like squat jump, because, again, if you look at his legs, you'll see why. Uh, no arm jump. Oliver Moore is second. He was like ninth in the other one. Oliver Moore, ninth in vertical jump. The reason I keep mentioning the jump for Moore is because that's where you get your speed from. It's the yeah. same, and, and he's got it. So you would expect him to do that. Now, again, you get the haters on like Sportsnet has all these very well sorted, so it's nice. We appreciate it. And then you get the haters on the comments that are like, "Oh, look, uh, some of the best players aren't even listed on here." You know, Connor Bedard is not on here. Should I say he stinks? And that's not the point of this. Like people sometimes don't get the point of this. But you know, Tom Willander fourth and long jump. Like these are things where if you're just looking for one more thing. Um, then that'll help you. By the way, wingspan on Michael Harabo. Like I knew, I took a picture of him um, <laughs> at the USHL tournament when I first interviewed him, straight up and down, because I think it's the most striking. But they made him sit down at this, so you don't really get a good feel, like for when he was interviewing with the media. 82 and a half for his wingspan. Just think about that. That's a that's pretty remarkable. Uh, and, you know, again, that's just something that's a good point of information to have when you're looking at goaltenders. Yeah, and Brady Cleveland, like a big tough defenseman we talked about, 78 and a half for wingspan. Now, for a defenseman, that's great. because Right, because it allows you to have reach with your stick. Right. For poke checks and, and things like that. So, yeah. Adam Gajon actually did well for body fat. Only five. He was, the, he was fifth best. I think that's big because I don't think people generally look at goalies as being super fit. But we're in a different era now. So the fact that a goalie was midway, like, like here, here's the difference. You look at Gabe Perot, and he kind of looks like a skinny guy, right? So he was fourth with seven point three one, and then you look at Gajon, he doesn't look like that skinny, uh, and he's seven point four. So it's all about how it's distributed. Those are some nice things. Long jump for Michael Mac Maxime Sturback is good. He's another defenseman, uh, a shutdown guy. So he's a guy to look for. Now, Jaden Perron, long jump was 10th. He, um, we're going to talk about him later, but he did place in a few things too. So it's good to place in some of these things. And especially, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I think it was Nick Cousins that actually did really well, uh, really high up, like top 10 in, I think, the Wingate. 
And, you know, Nick Cousins has hung around in his league. So, and he's been playing on playoff teams the last few years, you know. He's playing yeah. in the Stanley Cup. So, sometimes you can look at these things and get that little extra something. Uh, Reinbacher was eighth in long jump. Nate Danielson was ninth. He's another big name. Uh, Caden Price was fourth in vertical jump. Now, I don't know when they did the vertical jump, but he um, – I know it's before the wing gate because I can remember in my mind that he threw up already before he even hit the wing gate. And so by the time he went to the VO2 max, he said that his stomach was empty. Like he lost his whole <laughs> breakfast at the, before the wing gate. So oh, poor kid. So the fact that he was able to do so well on the vertical is pretty impressive. But I think things were probably churning already at that point for him. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Sandy Pelica, like I said, that's, that was really good for him being strong. I didn't, I'm not going to mention pull-ups really for anybody else because Sam Bennett's playing in the uh, in the Stanley Cup, and what did he do, like two during his draft? And everyone's like, oh, look, he can only do like two pull-ups, but that really didn't matter for him. And it really, that doesn't so, matter for Yes, some people are just not pull-up people. <laughs> no. There was this technique. I was very good at it, but there was a technique for it, and I learned the technique. But, you know, like I said, you know, if you're a Flyers fan and you're wondering about Leonard, well, Hand grip strength, that's an important thing because uh, that's where he gets his shot from. It's hard to knock the stick out of his hands. That's how he gets to the net without losing his stick. You know, these are things that just – what they do is they they help fit, fill in the puzzle. They help you um, decide on a guy. Like, hey, I think this is the case. Well, now I've got some, some data to back it up too. Right. And I, I think that's really the point of it all, right, It's just to get some yeah. additional information – yeah. teams and and pairing that with the interview process These are important. Part of, very important are part of that as well and you know we talked on yesterday's show about uh, mostly the interview process and who the flyers talked to as a result you had three scenarios that you thought the flyers might go forward with in the draft for the seventh and 22nd overall and um you know as part of those options you thought they might take a, a bigger risk on the 22nd overall pick or take a smaller guy at that pick. And so we're going to talk about a couple of those guys. One of them you mentioned already, Jaden Perron. And we are also going to talk about Gavin Brindley, but Jaden is coming up next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the latest Flyers news, our episodes, and also let us know if you have any questions. So if you have any things that you want to ask us leaning up to the draft, uh, email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail comment over on YouTube, and we'll get to them on tomorrow's show. Talking about Jaden Perron, uh, who you mentioned is somebody who stood out on the physical tests at the 
combine uh, and also that the flyers talked to and was part of uh, the discussion around your scenarios for the flyers. I wanted to get into Jaden as well as uh, when we talk about Gavin Brindley, because they're both smaller guys. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that looking at the Flyers past picks, they're more likely to take a smaller guy at 22 than they would at seventh overall. We've seen that in the past uh, with like early second round picks and such uh, that the Flyers have done before. And, you know, Morgan Frost, I think, was a later round pick mm-hmm. as well. And he's a little smaller. So this kind of follows a pattern mm-hmm. for the Flyers, which is why we want to talk about Jaden, who uh, played for the Chicago Steel in the USHL, which is consistently one of the top teams in that league. So it's a really good team to be on in that league, which, again, as we've talked about, has increased its profile over the last several years. Um, the thing about Jaden is that he's known as a playmaker. You know, he's only 5'8 and 157 pounds, but his smarts are off the charts. He finds the open ice and he's an amazing skater and can really use his edges well. Uh, that was a consistent comment of of everybody I read who who profiled him out there. And so I think that, you know, the the question mark for me with him right now is like, why is there such a wide swath of his ranking? You know, it's from as high as 11 to low as 86. And like, can he translate that type of skill to the NHL? Because he really is just known for the offensive side of his game. He he has almost no defensive side to his game. Right. But if you're having him at 86, seriously look in the mirror and ask what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's just ridiculous. Uh, he did play with Macklin Celebrini, and he's going to be the number one pick next year. So that could be an important thing for the Flyers because I think they'll be in the sweepstakes for him. So that's something to keep in mind. He was fourth in the team in scoring. Uh, when I covered him early in the year, he was playing second line, you know, wing, uh, right wing. So looked very good, really good wheels. He's a guy that, you know, can score – can score goals or get get assists he he says he's working on his two game two-way game I, I believe him because of what you said too I think everybody knows that but he has to me he showed me at times that he does know about defense and had some defensive plays so I think that as the year went on his defense got better and so I think that you know it's something that maybe has eluded some as far as saying he maybe he can't do that uh, yeah, Hockey IQ is terrific. Uh, North Dakota will definitely be a good place for him because they definitely have a great training program with him. Uh, when I spoke to him, I, I think he's an impressive guy. I did put him up on my Instagram account because, you know, that's where he mentioned he did talk to the Flyers. But it's just he's a pretty smooth kid. He's a pretty mature kid. Um, you just want him to get stronger. He's probably not going to get yeah. much bigger. Uh, but you want that, and you just want to see his progression as he moves up the ladder. And I can't tell you he's guaranteed to play in the NHL, but I think he will. I don't know if he'll play 200 games or 100 games or a cup of coffee. That, that's what's probably going to be the deciding factor on how he plays his game the next you know, three, four years. Yeah, I, I just see him as a little bit more of a risky pick. Again, just because he has a long way to go 
on the defensive side of things. And there's no guarantee that he will get strong enough to translate those things that he does. Well, a good um, payoff though. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a high risk, high reward scenario with him. Um, I did see a, a comparison to Bobby Brink talking about him. And so I'm wondering. He's more tools than Brink. He's already faster than Brink. Um, so I think he has more tools. So I wouldn't use that comparison. I just don't like the parables anyhow, but yeah. The other thing too with him is that he just uh, seems like somebody who's going to be driven to get to that next point yes. and, and, and to have like a clear picture of where his deficiencies are. He can hone in on that. You mentioned he's uh, going to North Dakota next year. Again, NCAA hockey is a great place to make those improvements. And you see he can do that because if you look at his stats from two years ago with the Chicago Steel to this past year, uh, significant improvement in his numbers across the board in a, in a similar number of games, you know, he added almost 30 points to his total, which is, you know, that's, that's a big deal. He picked the right time in his draft year. He really did blossom. You know, he has the Shattuck background. So there's a lot of things to like about this guy. I don't have any qualms about picking him at that 22 spot because I'm looking for this offense down the line, playmaking ability that, is lacking in the organization. That's my hope if I take him. Yeah, I think he would be a really good complement to what's in the system already and kind of backs up some of the skills that some of the guys that the Flyers have now have. And it never hurts to, you know, add more of that. But he also adds some other things that the Flyers don't have. And so when you find a, a guy that can do that for you, that fills in some holes that you have in your system, but also provides, you know, a second chance in, in some skills that you think you already have, but you don't know if they're going to pan out yet. I think that's where Jaden Perron is appealing to me. Yeah, it's a very high ceiling and I'm okay with going for a high ceiling with that pick. Uh, I used the scenario for people, if you don't didn't go back, that there's a certain scenario I'm going to make you go back that this is why I would take a guy like Perron at 22. There's a certain scenario for that. So Go back. Well, which scenario is that? Well, I'm going to make him go back and listen. All right. I did spell it out last show. Well, yes. Uh, go back and listen to yesterday's show if you have not, uh, because, yeah, I think those are definitely valid scenarios for the Flyers uh, to pursue moving forward. And, you know, there's another small guy that uh, came up in the conversation, and I think you know, has some of the pros that Jaden Perron has, but maybe has some other skills that could help, you know, make him a little bit more appealing, but isn't quite the skater of Jaden Perron, that's for sure. Uh, but we are going to talk about Gavin Brindley, who's another forward who the Flyers could potentially take at 22, coming up next. So, Russ, Gavin Brindley, uh, I'm very intrigued by him uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, he is, again, that smaller guy. He's 5'9", 157. He's most likely a right wing, but could potentially play on the other side as well. And he is kind of the opposite of Jaden in that he has a complete game. Gavin can play in all situations. Um, he 
excels at all ends of the ice and really has, you know, a complete game in a way that Jaden does not. And there is a stat that I pulled from his elite prospects profile that stood out to me a lot where he's got a plus 18 goal differential and 58.3% shot attempt share at five on five. That is remarkable to me. No, he, he's terrific. Um, I did put up a video of him on my Instagram account too. Uh, you, if you watch it, you'll see he's incredibly built. Like his legs are big, his arms, upper body. He's got all that. Uh, he plays great defense. You know, he was a, a true freshman besides Fantilli on that team. And he played in big situations in, you know, in their playoff games and was great. And he was great defensively. Uh, he has a terrific shot. He, um, Again, you might say he's small, but I do, I do think he is an equal playmaker and scorer. Um, I do. I know some people will kind of look at him more on the scoring end. I'm not so sure of that, but I don't think the offense is as high as what Perron might be. I think mm-hmm. you know. I think once Brindley and he is going back to school, he told me that at the uh, combine. So once he comes out of school after next year. Let's say he decides he's coming out after next year. Then I think we'll have a better idea of where his game is at. Because, you know, Fantilli, I believe, is going back to school too. So we'll see how this season is for him. But I expect him to be one of the top players. And he he is, like, he's a guy that definitely aced the interviews. Like, you talk to this kid, he is full of energy. And he was voted second best motor in the EP ringside draft guide. And I have him second as well. You mentioned him going to University of Michigan. I think that's one of the things that also stood out to me in terms of just the volume of information that we have on him and the confidence that you would have on his evaluation as a prospect. Because, you know, with a lot of these other guys, you know, we we just talked about Jaden was on the uh, Chicago Steel in the USHL. We know he's going to the NCAA. With Gavin, he was in the USHL with the Tri-City Storm. We have some data from that, but we have a year of college hockey experience under his belt to really look at how he competes up against bigger, stronger guys who are up to, you know, 22, 23 years old in NCAA hockey. And that is invaluable when you're evaluating a prospect for the draft. And it's not often that you have a year of college hockey data to work with with a kid like this and um i I think that's going to be important when you're looking at his stats because not only does he you know play for university of michigan you know how he plays around elite players he was also on the world juniors team for for team usa and got a decent amount of ice time and wound up with uh, four points in seven games in that tournament and when you're like kind of the second tier player for a very, very good USA World Juniors team. Uh, I, I think that's a, a really solid result with the kind of ice time that he got. It is a, a solid result. Obviously, he's got a high hockey high hockey IQ like Peron too. But the, the thing is, Rachel, um, as you know, because of this other all-around talent that's really there right now, not only will he go ahead of Peron, but he might go before the Flyers pick him too. Yeah, I think that is the question here is like, will he be gone at 22? Right. And it's a good uh, question because it's a he could be. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I th- certainly would take Gavin Brindley over Jaden Moran if mm-hmm. both were available at 22. 
Uh, for me, it's not a question just because I like the more complete game. And I mm -hmm. like the again, just like I was talking about, we know more about him just for the fact that he played in college. Um, and I think that in terms of what he needs to improve at um, is is a lot more predictable that he could make those improvements. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the risk is just higher with Jaden. So that that's my take. But what would which one would you pick? If I'm picking for the Flyers, I actually would go with Perron. I really need to get the the higher end uh, guy where he's faster, he's more of a threat offensively. I really need that guy. Uh, I do need all of it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I would thumb my nose at Brindley, but I really think um, Perron has a chance here with that high ceiling to to really put up a fair amount of points in the NHL more than Brindley. And right now. I can't have every player be a complete player. Like, I don't need that. No team should have that. It doesn't help you in the long run. There are teams that have guys that, you know, play NHL average, even a little below average defense if their offense is really that good. And Perron has a chance to have that kind of offensive game. Yeah, I mean, that is an absolutely a fair point. And I, I get what you're saying there. I just, like, I, I feel like with the seventh overall pick, there may be some risk involved there for the Flyers. And I think I have that in the back of my head. And so I want the 22nd overall to be a little bit more stable of a pick. And yeah, and I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. Right. Yeah, no, and, and that's fair. And I don't think either one of us are, are necessarily right or wrong. I think they're two, just two different approaches right. uh, to this. But I think that when you have a, um, you have two picks in the first round that a team does, you tend to take a bigger risk with one of the two picks. Right. And the flyers tend to take the bigger risk with the lower pick or like the further down pick. Right. And I feel like they would switch it up in this circumstance, just because I feel like based on what we talked about on yesterday's show with all the, you know, reading the tea leaves and reading between the lines that they're going to take a risk with that seventh overall pick. And so they're going to try and, and get something a little bit more stable or more predictable for the, the 22nd overall. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Th that's what's wild about this draft for me, honestly, is that, you know, th there are a, a few different scenarios that oh, and yeah. how it could play out. And I, I could not tell you which way they're going to go. Yeah. And I, part, of, part of that is fun. I think it's it just like that, that's why I came up with like three scenarios because I really feel like there's going to be different people thinking differently at the table that way. Like, hey, we should do this and this is why, and then we should do this or this is why, or we should do this to set up this. Like, I just feel like all of them were valid. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously I don't have like data on this in front of me is like when you have a team that they're one and only first round pick is late in the first round like that, or, you know, at around 22nd overall, they're going to do everything they, they can to hit on that pick. Of course, yes. But, you know, whereas if you have two, you're going to be a little bit more fast and loose, like I was saying. And yeah. so you may not hit and, you know, there's going to be a lot of hindsight around that second pick that you make because you are taking a little bit more of a risk or you could be taking more of a risk with one of your picks. And so, uh, this is where, you know, you do have to just remember what the scenario was at the time when you're evaluating the picks right. in the future. Yeah, like I just go back to Barry Trotz, what he said the other day, and he said, uh, I want my guys to take home run swings. We're looking to get two guys every draft here. Like, that's the minimal. 
And, and that's yep. true. I think so. But uh, very interesting conceptually to see if the Flyers would take one of these smaller guys uh, with their 22nd overall pick. And, you know, as we get closer to the draft, I look forward to seeing how all of this plays out with them. That will do it for today's show. Thank you once again for making us your first listen today. And everydayers will get your mailbag questions answered on tomorrow's show. So stay tuned for that. And to do that, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.